I want today to, 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 to look at something this morning that is so vital to the apostolic church. The new birth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is His death, His burial, and His resurrection. He died, He was buried in a tomb, but He rose from the dead. And that's our salvation. Say death, say burial, say resurrection. And so Paul writes to the church at Corinth, Brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also, now watch this, ye are saved. He says, what I'm about to preach, what I've preached before, what I'm preaching still, is a gospel that you stand in and that you are saved by. Praise God. We are not to waver from the truth. We are to stand on the truth of God's word and never go to the left or the right. Amen, Pastor. And it is a salvation, it is just that, it saves us. And that's why Paul said, you've received it and you stand in it. And then he says, we're by which also ye are saved, comma, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. Oh, that's the rub, isn't it? Getting saints and believers... To fully remember the thousands and hundreds of sermons that they have heard through God's word. Getting them to remember it unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which is also which also I received. How that, he said, this is the first thing. So everybody say the first thing. He said, what I'm about to give you is the most important thing. I'm not about to give you the fruit of the Spirit or the, or the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not about to give you prophecy, interpretations of the apocalypse. He says, but this is the chief thing. This is the, the most important paramount thing. And that was what I received first. He says, and here it is, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures his death he says you keep that in memory you remember his death and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture death burial resurrection a person responds to the gospel Or they apply the gospel to their life by repentance of sin. That's death to sin. By water baptism or immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. And that buries us with Christ. And then the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is new life. 
When he came up out of that tomb, he came with life. And we get new life when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And somebody shout in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and you can be seated today. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. When someone obeys Acts 2.38, they believe and they obey, they repent, they get baptized in His name and they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When they experience the birth of water and of the Spirit, they are what Jesus called born again. And they literally, the Apostle Paul put it this way, they literally become a new creature or a new creation. Don't believe me? Believe the Word of God. Wherefore, henceforth, 1 Corinthians 5 and 16, Know ye, know we, no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. That's the word of God. When we are born of the water and the spirit. And we have obeyed the Bible. And this new birth experience. Old things are passed away. And behold all things are become new. We are literally a new creation. Somebody say I'm a new creation. At repentance and water baptism. He buries the old sinful lifestyle. But not just that. He buries our record of past sins. And the death penalty that was placed upon us. Because of those sins. And when somebody receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. They begin their journey and odyssey of living that new godly life. Daily. On the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the New Testament church, the apostle Peter preached the first gospel sermon to the crowds who had gathered to observe these newly spirit-filled believers as they spoke in other tongues and they worshipped and magnified God. Convicted of their sins by Peter's simple Yet powerful message. The audience cried out to the preacher. Men and brethren. What shall we do? And Peter replied with a concise. Precise I should say. And complete unequivocal answer. When he told them exactly what to do. Repent. And be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's good. Amen. Praise God. We ought to respond that way every time we hear that. In short, the New Testament message of salvation is death. Repentance. Of sins. Water baptism in Jesus name. 
That's the burial of Christ. And the receiving of the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in other tongues. How many got the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? Let me see your hand. I heard you speak in tongues. I was there when it happened. Hallelujah. I want to focus for just a few minutes of your Sunday morning time and take this preaching moment to turn the spotlight on that second aspect of salvation. Somebody say water baptism. Water baptism is that part of salvation. The like figure of 1 Peter 3.21 whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Water baptism expresses faith in God because the person who decides to get water baptized is saying, I believe God's word is true. They're expressing their faith by their belief and their obedience to abide by what thus saith the Lord. They're saying, I'm not going to read. How many have we seen here at Acts 2.38 message, but they walk out of church and they don't obey it. But the person who says, I don't care, I'm going to... I have seen the word of God to be true. I am going to go into those waters. And I'm going to be buried with him. And by doing that they are expressing faith through their obedience. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. The scriptural mode of baptism is immersion in water and only this method can retain the biblical symbolism as a burial. That's the only way to do it. You can't just walk up and sprinkle somebody or splash somebody or get them close to, close to the water hose and just spray them a little bit. That does not symbolize the burial. What we want to be connected with is his burial. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And when we go completely under immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, we are identifying with his burial. Matthew 3.15 At Jesus when he was baptized How do we identify with him? Well let's see how the Lord got baptized He went up straightway out of the water If If he came out of the water That means he was in the water He was in it, he was under it And lo when he came up the heavens were opened unto him And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove And lighting upon him Oh what a beautiful order What a glorious divine order we see there We see the submission to baptism And the faith and obedience to it And then if that person has not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost They can come up out of that water And just as the Spirit descended upon Jesus Christ The Spirit of Almighty God Can come and fill your heart And you can receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost Jesus was buried in the water And he came up. Thus should every man. And they went on their way. Acts 8 and 36. And they came to certain water. And the eunuch said. See 
here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Verse 38. He commanded the chariot, stand still. They went down both into the water. Both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water. The spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. There's a whole lot there I don't have time to tell you about. We've got another submission to the word of God. We've got another water baptism. And then after that we have a supernatural miracle. Because the apostle was literally disappearing before the eyes of that man. The biblical significance of water baptism is as follows. Number one, remember this. What's the purpose of this? Why am I getting here? Just because Jesus went in the grave, I've got to go into the water. That's not the only reason. There's a reason why we do it as well. Not just because Christ went into the heart of the earth and now we go under the water in His name. But there's a process that God says happens when we submit to that order and we follow the divine edicts of God. God does something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And that is he remits the sins of our soul. He remits our sins. He puts our sins into remission. The moment that we are water baptized. Peter said repent and be baptized. And I am so glad he put this next part in there. For the remission of your sins. God is remitting our sins. God erases the record of sin. He cancels the penalty of those sins. He washes them away and he buries those sins forever. Praise the Lord. That's the first thing that baptism does. The second thing that baptism does, it does what I told you a minute ago. It identifies us and tethers us and connects us to Jesus' burial. Romans 6 and 34. The Bible said, therefore, we are buried with Him. Everybody say, everybody say buried with Him. We're buried with Him now. That means we're, we're together. We're connected together. Somebody, somebody has to, don't, don't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. You're connected with somebody. Somebody wearing the same clothes and say, man, we've got great minds. Think alike. Drive the same car. We're connected together. We're, tarried together. We're tethered together. We, we have like things. Well, this goes way deeper than that. This is an eternal connection. We are buried with him by baptism into death. Watch out now that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. And this is something I love. This blessed me. See, when you bury something, you think, well, you're just you're 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 putting it down, it's dead, it's never it's never gonna live again because it's it's buried. But watch this. For if we have been planted together, everybody say burial. Everyone say planted. planted. The farmer knows that if he'll take that seed, in that seed that he plants in the ground, if he'll plant that seed right now, there's six to eight feet of root structure that's going to go to the heart of the earth. In that unculcated in that seed is a mighty trunk. Inculcated in that seed is branches. Inculcated in that seed is green leaves. Inculcated in that seed are apple blossoms. And eventually there's going to be branches so strong to hold the great harvest.
harvest of apples. And it's all contained in the seed. You think if I put it in the ground, it's dead and I'm burying it. Not so. God calls burial a planting. It's not buried to die. It's buried to live. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So when I get buried in the name of Jesus, the only thing that's dying is my sins. But what I'm doing is I'm coming up as a just like that stem and that stalk begins to start to sprout forth. First the ear before you see the great mighty high stalk of corn of harvest. You see those first little, little signs of growth shooting up. You know why? Because I have been planted to, in the name of Jesus. I have been planted to grow. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.12 Buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him for the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Burial and the raising and the resurrection are connected. You cannot divorce them. You cannot separate them. It's not enough to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be buried in his name if you want to be resurrected. People who are not baptized in Jesus' name have no hope of a future resurrection because you're not buried with him. If you're not buried with him, you're not going to rise with him. It indicates that he died to his sin. It indicates that we die by repentance. And we bury those past sins. The dominion of those sins. And the sinful lifestyle of those sins. But water baptism is part of the one baptism of water and spirit. That places believers into Christ. Galatians 3.27 shouts for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. Again, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. What is happening at that moment is you are entering into the family of God. And when that happens, you're like the spiritual sons of Abraham. How did God distinctify his children, the Hebrews, to be different from all the other heathen nations of the world that they were going to live around? One distinctive thing that God said that he ordered Abraham and his seed for future generations and their posterity was he says a man will undergo the ritual of circumcision when David got mad at Goliath you remember one of the things he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine people who aren't circumcised circumcision means you're a part of the covenant 
That means you're in the covenant with God. I'm circumcised. Now some of us think of the physical circumcision. Obviously that comes to our mind. But I'm not talking about physical circumcision. Let me tell you how awesome baptism is. Let me tell you how awesome Jesus name baptism is. When you get baptized. The Bible literally says. Just like the the, the seed of Abraham. Was distinguished by circumcision. Their males were circumcised. This now transcends just male. It goes into male and female what are you talking about because a male and a female have different body parts obviously we understand that but let me tell you something both of them have that are like that's a heart every one of them have a heart regardless of the reproductive organs they have a heart and God said this is what I'm going to aim at they may have as males had to circumcise their men which made them distinct from all other Hebrew men but I have something that is not just to the to the commonwealth of men but this is for mankind. This is to include the ladies as well. So God says, I want a circumcision of the heart, not just the skin of the flesh. I want a circumcision of the heart. And so God said, here's how powerful baptism is. Not only do you get the name of Jesus when you get baptized, not only do your sins get remitted and get washed away, but God literally says, I'm going to look at your baptism in my name the same way as I looked at the children of Abraham when they were circumcised. A circumcision meant that they were in a covenant with me. That means they were my children. That means I was their father. That means I took care of them. They were heirs and joint heirs with me. They had sonship, hallelujah, benefits. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. Here's what baptism does. Don't believe me. Believe the word, Colossians 2 and 11. In whom also ye were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He says, Abraham didn't circumcise you. You didn't go in the back room somewhere and they did some ritual. No. He said, Christ circumcised you. What are you talking about? Buried. Here it is. Buried with him in baptism wherefore also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead he's talking about circumcision and in the next verse he talks about baptism do you think the apostle Paul had a, had a problem with his mind you think suddenly he just changed subjects in the middle of preaching and teaching this no not at all a thousand times no he was connecting the power of baptism with Jesus Christ. He was saying if you're baptized with Jesus Christ you have entered into the covenant with Jesus Christ. You have been spiritually circumcised in your heart. Set apart. Sanctified unto the holy things of God. Somebody give him praise. It's no longer, it's no longer that carnal persuasion. It's no longer that thought of organs, of the flesh, of the male and female anatomy. But now it's a circumcision of the heart. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's what the prophet said. It's what he said he'd do for us, Brother White. He says, I will give you a new heart. 
I'll take out that stony heart of flesh and I'll put within you a new heart. I'll circumcise the old and I'll put in something brand new. And it happens when we are baptized and we go in the water and come up in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Watch this. This and this this for the assembly of God messes up, brother. The activator to make all this happen. The activator to make all this make a difference is it must be administered. In Jesus' name. Woo! This means the name of Jesus must be invoked. The name of Jesus must be spoken out loud. You can't just get somebody in the water and say, this brother wants to get baptized today. Let's all stretch our hands forth and just pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Brother so I'm glad you're here today. We now baptize you. Hallelujah. Put them down, put them up. Praise God. Everybody shouts. They just got wet. And it's the same thing when you say, hey, we're going to baptize this guy. I'm his father. This is my son. He works at the construction yard and he's a, he's a, he's, he does this and that. Praise God. Let's baptize him now. Hallelujah, it don't mean a thing. You can get about as much as going laying in the ditch and letting the rainstorm come. You ain't going to get nothing but wet. But when you put the name of Jesus, when you say the name of Jesus, not the titles of a father, not the titles of a son, not the title of the Holy Ghost, because he's all those things. But when you speak the name of Jesus, it's putting the edge on the spiritual blade of circumcision of the heart. Woo! Acts 22, 16, and now, why tarriest thou? Arise, sister Rachel, and be baptized. How? What way? Wash away thy sins. How are we going to do this? How is it going to be accomplished? By calling on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord must be called out. Not the title of the Lord, but the name of the Lord. We know he's wonderful. We know he's counselor. But I don't baptize people in the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. If I want, hey, if I want to take every name he's ever known, every El compound name, El Shaddai, El Rapha, El Rohi, El, El Tiskanu, El Elohim, uh, uh Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rama. If I were to take all of his Hebrew compound names, if I were to take all the titles he's known by, wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father, beautiful Rose of Sharon, Little of the Valley, Day Star, Ancient of Days, I can go on and on and on and give you all the names of God. I'm going to tell you what you do with it. <laughs> Praise God. 
You put all those compound names. Let's say this is a prophetic funnel. Funnel, you put every name, every compound name, every descriptive name that you ever have. But I'm gonna tell you what's gonna come out the bottom J E S U S. Jesus Christ is Jehovah Jireh, Jesus Christ is Jehovah Shammah, Jesus Christ is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. My God, they pray in His name, they lay hands on people in His name, they even pray over their peanut butter and jelly sandwich in His his name. My God, why don't you just baptize in the name that is above every name? Go wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. Well, what do I do if all I if all I got was wet? What if what if I've already been baptized? Let's just say under repentance. What if I've been baptized in the titles? If I need to be rebaptized, well, the Bible's got answers for that too. Acts 19 and 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. He found those kind. He found certain disciples. He said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said back, We've not so much as heard. Whether there be a Holy Ghost. He said, okay, well that, that answers that. Let's just move on. Let me ask you about baptism. He said to them, under what then were you baptized? So you hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. Let's check on your baptism. <laughs> so under what were you baptized? And here's what they said. Did they say in the name of Jesus Christ? They said, no. We're Baptists. <laughs> he said, we're baptized by John the Baptist. Under John, remember John came and that was his big scene. John didn't have tent revivals, he had baptism revivals. They came all over the countryside and flocked the, flocked the rivers, especially at Jordan. He, was, he, he, he drew people to the Jordan River Valley. And they'd get, they'd get around that river and he, for hours he'd sit in there and he'd say he'd baptize them under repentance. He'd baptize them under repentance. He'd baptize them under repentance. And he'd always tell them, but there's one who's mightier than I am. Who's coming after me. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. His fan is in his hand. He shall thoroughly purge his threshing floor. And he said he shall baptize you. With the Holy Ghost. And with fire. So what do we do about these boys. That have been John the Baptist baptized. What's wrong with their baptism. Well at that point there wasn't nothing wrong with it. They'd been baptized at that point. All they ever knew was that. So that's the thing. I don't put people down who haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. That may be all they ever heard of. That may be all they ever knew. But I'm going to give them the truth and tell them, Hey, just like them Baptist boys did, watch what happened. 
When they said they've been baptized unto John's baptism, Paul said, hey guys, i got to tell you something. There's been some things happened since then. There's been some things happened since John was at the Jordan preaching. He said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him which should come after him. That's on Christ Jesus. He's simply saying, boys, John has slipped off the scene. It's no longer just an emphasis on repentance. He said, there's one who's come, who has bled, who has died, who has risen from the dead for you. He said, now you must be baptized in the name of him you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ now here's what happened I love the next verse and I would to God we could have a book of Acts revival again not pulling teeth not begging people but the Bible said when they heard they had been baptized the wrong way they said when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus they did stand there and debate and argue about it and say well I already went in the water one time I've already been to the river one time. They knew. But I think, Brother TJ, it's significant that at John's baptism, they did not have what they're about to have. Because when he got finished baptizing them in the name of the Lord Jesus, he laid his hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. That's what John had told them was going to happen. He says, I'll put you in the water, and you repent of your sins. But there's one coming after me who's going to, if you're baptized in his name, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Why? Because the Holy Ghost knows those that are His. They're one of mine. They're baptized in Jesus' name. Woo! The name of Jesus is the formula that expresses faith in his true identity, in his atoning work, his saving power, and his authority. The name of Jesus is the only saving name. It is the name by which we receive remission of sins, the highest name, and that name in which Christians are are, are able to do all things. Here's what happens. The Spirit of God, the Bible says, will not dwell in an unclean temple. So let's just say I take our assistant pastor, Brother White, this morning to the water. And I baptize him in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord will not dwell in an unclean temple. His sins are not washed away. But if I take this same man and I put him in the water and I baptize him in the only saving name that can wash all of his sin stains... If I can put him in that name and he can get spiritually circumcised now... Now, Holy Ghost ain't going to have no biz problem coming into that heart. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That 
at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Thus using Jesus' name is the proper way to fulfill the purposes of the kingdom of God. The purposes of water baptism. The Bible records five historical accounts of baptism in the New Testament church that describe a name or a formula. In each such case, that name that is invoked is the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38 is the first. In Acts chapter 8, to the Samaritans. Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet none of them, he was not fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So it happened at Pentecost and it happened over in Samaria. Water baptism in the name of Jesus and the receiving of the Holy Ghost. But wait, it's going out of Jerusalem. It's going to Judea. It's going to Samaria. It's going to hit the uttermost parts of the earth. But it's going to, if it's going to do that, it's going to have to go past the Gentiles. And so what God did, he spoke unto Peter the words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which had heard. In Acts chapter 10, Peter went over to the house of one Cornelius, an Italian man that gave alms and had a, had a relationship with God. They of the servants, Circumcision, which believed were astonished. The Bible said that the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Peter prayed with them. They started tongue talking. And as many that came with Peter, that because on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So now in Cornelius' house, God has the pattern in reverse here. Now people are getting the Holy Ghost after they have repented and heard the word, but they have not yet been baptized. If just having the Holy Ghost was all that was needed, then I could quit reading and we can go home. But after they had heard them speak with tongues in verse 46 and magnified God, Peter was shouting with them and glorifying God with them. That's what some of our good brothers down the road are doing. They still speak in tongues like us. They still shout like us. God's filling people who repent with the Holy Ghost and we should rejoice with them like Peter did. But that's not enough. It wasn't enough to talk in tongues. The Bible says that Peter said this. Okay, guys, settle down. We got something else we need to take care of here. He said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And then he suggested to them and then 
He said, hey, let's have a business meeting and see if we want to make this a, a cardinal doctrine of the church. No. The Bible said he didn't suggest it. He didn't whisper it. He didn't take them off in a back room somewhere and say, hey, let's talk about this in private. We don't want to push this doctrine on the whole church. He just said it. He commanded them. He said, yeah, you talked in tongues, but you have not been born again yet. He said, you must be born of the water. And so he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. My God, they didn't run him out of town. We stopped, We didn't we quit, quit being afraid to preach this Jesus name baptism message. They didn't run him out of town, but they said, let's pray. And they tarried for certain days praying. Repentance received the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't done until they went to the water. And that name of Jesus was applied, and they became spiritually circumcised, buried with him, and planted with him. The disciples of John, I just told you, had gotten baptized in the name of Jesus after the baptism of repentance. The Bible gives us five different places in the scripture. Precepts. Undeniable places in the word of God that show us whether you received the Holy Ghost before you got baptized or whether you received it after you got baptized. Every place you had to repent and you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The epistles allude to this Jesus name formula. Even Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go ye therefore into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, in the name, in the name, in the name. His disciples went out and they knew his name. And they baptized people everywhere they went in that saving name. For it describes a singular name that represents all the redemptive manifestations of the Godhead. And that name is Jesus Christ. I wish somebody stand up and praise that name. And whatsoever you do. In word or in deed. To all. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus name. Somebody lift your voice in this place. And say in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Who can stand before us when we call on that great name? Jesus, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Hallelujah. If you have not been baptized in that name, you must be baptized in that saving, holy, matchless name. I wish somebody in this place... 
I wish if you've been baptized in that name, I wish you'd lift your voice in this room right now as we sing unto God and you magnify and glorify him for that truth today. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, demons will have to flee. Tell me who can stand before us when we go in his great name. Jesus, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We have the victory. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have. 